Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service, December 24th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you'd like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find more information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading for this fourth Sunday of Advent is written in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was much perplexed by these words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Let it be, dear Lord, to me, let it be according to your word. Your word, O God, is wilder than my fears and softer than the wind. Let it be according to your boundless word. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be just as you have said. That's Mary's response. Finally, takes her a while to get there. That's Mary's response to this startling message. Let it be to me according to your word. As I mentioned at the start of the service, we're moving backwards in time just a little from last Sunday. Our gospel reading last Sunday was Mary's visit to her cousin Elizabeth and the singing of the Magnificat. Pastor Siggy led us into that mystery last week. This morning, on this fourth and last Sunday of Advent, our gospel reading moves us backward one paragraph in Luke, maybe just a few days in time, to that moment when Mary first receives the news that God is asking her to bear the Messiah. And then from this morning till this evening, we will leap ahead from the fourth Sunday of Advent to Christmas Eve, nine months in time. So the times may be just a little out of joint right now, but this last morning of Advent gives us a chance to pause, alone in the presence of God's messenger. It gives us a chance in the quiet of the moment to hear God's invitation to us and to respond with Mary, 
let it be with me just as you have said. I would like to take a moment to demystify this event. Well, the real miracle is going to remain, don't worry. The miracle of God's encounter with one flesh and blood girl, the miracle of a child of promise conceived in her womb beyond all possibility, beyond all expectation and dream, that miracle is going to stay in place. It's the trappings that I would like to demystify a little bit. The first of those trappings is all the mythology we've built up around Mary herself. Who was she? How special was she? How unique or how, or, how ordinary? Because you see, if Mary is someone out of the ordinary, someone superhuman, someone holy and pure, then I can keep this message at a distance. Well, of course, God chose Mary. God would never ask anything extraordinary from somebody like me. The second of the trappings I'd like to demystify is the angel Gabriel. When you imagine this encounter, what does the angel look like? Do you expect wings? Nowhere does the Bible say that angels have wings. Do you expect shining light, halos, something otherworldly? The Bible's words for angel, both in Old Testament Hebrew and in New Testament Greek, are simply the ordinary street words for messenger. Angels are messengers, God's messengers. In most of the Bible's angel encounters, it takes the recipient of the message a while for it to dawn on them, oh, this is not some just ordinary messenger. This is somebody out of the ordinary. That's not the first. The first response is not, oh, who is this? What did Mary see when this messenger showed up? We have been shaped by Western artwork from way, way back. This is Leonardo da Vinci's famous Annunciation. Gabriel has his wings and his halo. He carries a lily. It's really hard to see it in that picture, but he's carrying a lily, which is an emblem of this encounter, a traditional icon of the event. Mary is dressed as always. I'm not sure what the red underneath is about, but her outer cloak is always blue, the blue of purity, the blue of the heavens. And she's reading. You can see her reading desk there. She's probably reading either the scriptures or her prayers. The look on her face registers no surprise or shock or even curiosity. Here's Botticelli. Same wings and same halo, same lily, the same reading stand, the same blue cloak. This time at least Mary's body posture registers some kind of reaction, even if her face is still utterly placid. Philippe Champagne is next. Now we have added some angel babies up in the sky. And uh, the Dove of the Holy Spirit is beaming down into Mary. Otherwise, we have the same book stand, the same blue robe, same wings and lily for Gabriel. John Collier gives us a more normal and more human Mary. She's still in blue, and she's still reading, but she looks more like a normal girl, doesn't she? And she's showing at least a little surprise on her face. Here's my favorite one so far. Henry Osawa Tanner, a black American painter from a century ago, gives us this enunciation. Mary, for once not in blue, looks like she's just been startled out of sleep. She's troubled, but she's not unreceptive. And instead of an angel with wings, Tanner gives us a shaft of brilliant light. One last painting. 
Paul Wolfel, a modern Nigerian artist, gives us a pretty human-looking angel if you ignore the tiny wings on his back. And he's giving Mary the message from God in the form of a letter. And Mary, with a blue skirt, of course, expresses both surprise with her hand to her chest and acceptance with her other hand raised. Who was this Mary? What was the encounter like for her? Let it be, dear Lord, to me. Let it be according to your grace. Your grace, O God, is sweeter than my hopes and surer than the sea. Let it be according to your boundless grace. Well, let me tell you the story of the Annunciation then, the Annunciation in 21st century Pierce County. Mary is 15. She doesn't live in University Place or Fircrest or Gig Harbor or even the Proctor District. She's not from the hilltop either. Mary's family lives in Fife, just a few blocks off the commercial core. Mary is the second child of hardworking parents. Her dad drives truck. He's descended from Slavonian fishermen from Old Town and Scandinavian farm folks from the valley. Mary's mom comes from across the Cascades. She's the child of a Latino father and a Yakima mother. She's a waitress at Denny's there on Pacific Highway. Mary carries Washington history in her veins. At 15, of course, Mary is still at home. She keeps an eye on her younger siblings while her parents work. Mary has dreams of an education and a career. The pandemic set those dreams back a little bit, but she still dreams and still plans. And Mary has a boyfriend. Joseph is a few years older. He's 18, and he's just landed a great job as a carpenter with an up-and-coming home improvement crew with a job that pays well and actually has benefits. Mary and Joseph have known each other all their lives. Their families have been friends and neighbors for years. It's only pretty recently, of course, that Joseph has started to see Mary as anything more than the scrawny, funny kid next door. And she's too young yet for them really to pursue any real relationship. But they're drawn to each other, and they're comfortable with each other, and their families have been imagining a future for them together. It's a spring afternoon. Mary has just gotten home from school, and she's out in the front yard, raking up the sodden leaves left from winter rains. She pauses from her raking as she hears footsteps on the sidewalk, a voice, both strong and gentle. Hello, favored one. God is with you. What kind of a greeting is that? Mary finds herself suddenly on alert at the weirdness of the greeting, and yet the man himself doesn't seem threatening. Just a young man like any other 20-something, jeans and hiking shoes, WSU sweatshirt, baseball cap on backwards. He can see that she's uneasy, and so he says, don't be afraid, Mary. He knows my name? How can this be? Now I am starting to get afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is pleased with you. God is pleased with me? God, you know how I've been struggling. Sometimes I wonder if you're really here. Sometimes I wonder if you're even real. But I want you to be real, and I want you to be here. Are you really pleased with me? God is pleased with you, Mary, and God has a vision for you, a calling. You will conceive a child. You will give birth to a son, 
and you will name him Jesus, Savior. Are you kidding? I'm 15. A baby? I know how babies are made, and I've never, I'm not ready for anything like this. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and God will give him a true kingdom, the kind that you really long for, not like the power politics that you hear in the news every day, and his reign will last forever. My head is spinning. This is way too much. I can't grasp any of this. Finally, Mary finds her voice. Sir, I'm sorry, but this is all pretty overwhelming. How do you even know my name, and how is any of this possible? The stranger answers her, Nothing is impossible with God, Mary. You can trust God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and God's power will do the impossible. This child will be holy. You will be the Son of God. And then as the stranger sees the confused look on Mary's face, he adds this, Your cousin Elizabeth, down there in Olympia, your aging cousin who's never been able to have a child, she's pregnant too. In fact, she's six months along. Go check it out. Nothing is impossible with God, Mary. Mary is frightened. She's bewildered. This stranger out of nowhere knows her name and speaks to her heart. She has no reason to believe a word of this. She has no reason to trust this guy in the WSU sweatshirt. But somehow she does. His word finds a home in her bewildered heart. And Mary responds, Yes, I will serve if God so wishes. Let it be as God has said. Yes. Let it be, dear Lord, to me. Let it be according to your sight. Your sight, O God, is wiser than my wants, more grounded than the earth. Let it be to me according to your boundless sight. Well, as suddenly as the stranger appeared, he's gone again. Mary stands in shock, still holding her rake, but she's not thinking about sodden leaves any longer. Did what happen just happen? Really? What did I just say yes to? How can this be? And what was that bit about my cousin in Olympia? I think I better go pay her a visit. And as all of this starts to sink in, Mary begins to panic. What am I going to tell mom and dad? How am I going to explain this to anybody? Oh, how am I going to tell Joseph? How will he ever believe this? And then in her panic, she hears the stranger's greeting echoing in her heart again. Hello, favored one. God is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is pleased with you. Her heart settles again, at least just for a moment. Let it be just as you have said. Let it be, dear Lord, to me. Let it be according to your joy. Your passion, Lord, more vivid than my dreams, more eloquent than fire. Let it be according to your boundless joy. Okay, that's not how it happened. Those details, anyway. It happened 2,000 years ago in Nazareth, not last spring in Fife. I made up all the details. You know that. But I didn't make up the message. That did happen. 
And it happened not to some ethereal, superhuman, otherworldly Mary. It happened to a real flesh and blood kid next door who may well have been 15 or even 14 and who had to have had all the same reactions and struggles that any one of us would have had. And while none of us is likely to be asked now to bear God's Messiah in our wombs, that's already been done once for all. You don't need to worry about that one. That child is here. God can and will and does meet us with a call on our lives. Listen to the way the poet, poet pastor Steve Garnas Holmes put this a few days ago in his blog. With Gabriel's news, the cosmic becomes personal. Christ is coming. God is embodied in a new way to transform the world. And whatever that is, it is happening in you. You are being asked to bear work that will have cosmic ripples. What is this new act of creation that God is accomplishing in you? What are the signs of God's new creating in your own heart and life? Look into your soul. Like gazing into a starry sky, it will require time for your eyes to adjust, time for the stars to come out. Give time and stillness to watch, to wait, to observe. What holy mystery is the Spirit doing in you? Wait and wonder and say yes. Gabriel in jeans and a WSU sweatshirt meets you in the middle of whatever you're doing. The Spirit of God whispers to you, Good morning, child of God, favored one. God is with you. Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you. That thing God keeps planting in your heart, that wound or that heartache that has been tugging at you, that dream that keeps singing to you in your sleep, you can trust God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and God will do the impossible in you. Mary models it for us. Yes. I will trust and I will serve if God so wishes. Let it be as God has said. Yes. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.